All right, everybody. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You know what it is. I am the host of the America Unhinged podcast, Kazakh Radio, America Unhinged Radio on YouTube. I am the Kazakh Marauder. Uh, give me that like, comment, that share, subscribe right away to let you guys know. Every time I go live, I'm going more off the cuff every day as the news gets crazier. And I'm not being banned for talking about it. So tonight we got several stories. We're going to try to quick hit them. Michael Sussman shockingly found not guilty of lying to the FBI in the Durham investigation. That is a major uh, sign of things to come. We got a couple of other huge stories you guys might not be knowing about right now. Um, another thing I've been noticing is that the news cycle is starting to hit us later and later in the day. I used to remember where I could be like scrolling Twitter at work at like 10 or 11 a.m. and the trending topics like stay the same way from like 9 a.m. to like 6 or 7 p.m. sometimes. But during these last few weeks, I'm starting to notice all the news starting to crash at the news hour, you know, at 4 or 5 p.m. again, as usual. Tell me if you guys see this trend at all. I don't know what it means. But we also have Biden talking about demolishing a certain school in Texas. We have the Supreme Court really against Texas and granting um, an injunction or a stay against enforcement of this law they try to pass. It is not the end of it, though. Um, we also have Dominion back in the news. We have the CISA, the Cyber Infrastructure. No sound? For real? Was there really no sound? Can you guys hear me now? Can you guys hear me now? God. Fast Joe, if you're trolling me again, you say this a lot. I think it's your cell phone, bro. Hold on. Joe, it's you. The sound is you, Joe. I just checked it on my phone. The sound is you, man. You can't you can't just say that right away, man. Oh, you ruin my stream sometimes. You say that, I go and check it. There's sound. <laughs> totally lost my steam there. I will not hold it against you, Joe. I will not hold it against you. It's pretty annoying. Don't say that anymore. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and take a hit. Like I said, ruin my gist. Thank <laughs> you.
just know, Joe, it's super distracting. You can't say that right away anymore. You cannot say that right away that there's no sound. We know it's you. But anyway, Durham investigation, Clinton campaign. Man, I wanted to upload this audio, but it's going to be fucking horrible for people who want to listen now. But Michael Sussman found not guilty of lying to FBI in blow to Durham investigation. Let's go ahead and do this. Hillary Clinton campaign lawyer Michael Sussman was acquitted Tuesday of lying to the FBI in the first trial of special counsel. John Durham's investigation. The verdict is a major defeat for Durham and his Justice Department prosecutors who have spent three years looking for wrongdoing in the Trump-Russia probe. He claims Sussman lied during a 2016 meeting in which he passed a tip to the FBI about Donald Trump and Russia. The Washington, D.C. federal jury deliberated for six hours over two days before reaching its verdict. The Sussman case revolved around his September 2016 meeting with James Baker, a friend who was the FBI's general counsel. Sussman passed along a tip that led to a four-month FBI inquiry into a possible internet back channel between the Trump Organization and Kremlin-linked Alpha Bank. Both companies denied the claim, and the FBI didn't find any improper cyber links. Prosecutors argued that Sussman intentionally lied to Baker by saying he came only as a concerned citizen and not on behalf of any client, saying Sussman hid his ties to Democrats to, quote, manipulate the FBI and gin up a, quote, October surprise to help Clinton win. In Sussman's telling, at the peak of Russia's attack on the 2016 election, he went to the FBI with a good faith tip, which originated from reputable cyber experts that he represented. He separately worked on Clinton's behalf to peddle that unverified tip to the press, generating some coverage. He didn't try to dupe Baker or hide his political ties, which are well known at the FBI. Durham is a Trump-era holdover, who was appointed by then-Attorney General Bill Barr in 2019 to review the Russia probe. Barr and Durham have publicly questioned the legitimacy of the Russia probe, but Durham hasn't yet backed up those assertions with criminal convictions. Let's just go ahead, and we have a video from Newsmax here. Pulled up. By the way, Joe, the reason why I get so mad is that, like, I have issues with StreamYard in the past. So if you say that right away, I'll go check it. If you're being very forceful, like, you know it's wrong, I'll go check it. But if it's on you, man, I'm going to get mad. <laughs> Hillary Clinton lawyer Michael Sussman not guilty in his trial. That Today was the first full day of deliberations. Bianca, the uh, jury getting the case uh, after some deliberation Friday at 9 a.m. this morning, taking just a few hours. People just need to have some patience. Verdict. Again, Michael Sussman found not guilty of lying to the FBI. You know, one of the key issues here was that text message, Bianca, uh, and whether or not he actually sent that or whether that was going to be used as evidence, the judge ruling late last week that that text message would seem to, you know, implicate Sussman directly, um, claiming not to be working for the Clinton campaign when he was, uh, that was not allowed to be entered in as evidence. Uh, let's welcome in now South Carolina Congresswoman Nancy Mace. She's a member of the House Oversight Committee to get more on this. Uh, Congresswoman Mace, unfortunately, this is the verdict that a lot of people were expecting. There were questions about smoke more uh, I'm pissed. whether or not uh, John Durham and his prosecutors could get a fair day in court in Washington, D.C. Wanted to get your reaction to the verdict here. 
And it doesn't feel like they got a fair day in court. And it feels like uh, that no one is ever held accountable in this country for breaking the law, particularly in the highest echelons of campaigns and the federal government. And uh, it's inexcusable, really. And the frustration of the American people, I'm sure, will be palpable with this verdict. But we just want someone, anyone to be held accountable for the laws that they're breaking. You know, this was the first piece in sort of um, John Durham's kind of unfolding of what, you know, many say he laid out was uh, the connections here. You had former campaign manager. Uh, What's up, Stan Congresswoman talking about that this was run past Hillary Clinton. See Joe Syop me to thinking about a back channel between Trump and Alpha Bank that has been debunked, but that she okayed to float it to a reporter. And while this is um, a not guilty verdict for Sussman today, are you hopeful that perhaps with this subpoenas and what John Durham was able to sort of kind of start um, unfolding could lead to other um, investigations, could lead to more indictments. I hope that it doesn't end here today. And I hope that in the next case or in the future, they will allow every single piece of evidence entered into the record. The American people deserve to have the right to know what did and did not happen. Hillary Clinton, again, never charged with anything. You look at Benghazi, look at the private server she had classified information on in her bathroom in her house. I mean, come on. I mean, this is one of the reasons that the American people are so frustrated with this. Um, I think this, this is kind of why we're going to go ahead and address uh, Jack's comment right here. It says, bro, this is not, not guilty versus BS. Um, why do you think they're um, flooding the news so hard? I knew they were going to, they had something in, in play here. It wasn't just it wasn't just Uvalde. It wasn't just all the other craziness we're seeing in the fucking news. Um, I mean, I, I just don't know what to say. I would say these, these are all distraction tactics. Whenever you see the news get so crazy, you got to ask yourself, what is it in of itself? Why is it so crazy? Why is it so astronomical? Why is Biden talking about demolishing schools? Why is Project Veritas dropping a video all of a sudden? Why is there a gay panic story in the fucking news today? It, it, it's just absurd. Fast Joe says, anybody who trusts his government does not remember the past. That's 100% true. Satellite Jack says, dude, every outlet is like, haha, told you so. Exactly. It, it's a pretty embarrassing right now. Um, this goes to show you that you can't talk about a certain orange-haired person come midterms or the next election. If you guys are YouTube streamers, I want to call it now. Don't even talk about the MAGA guy for a while. Canis says, Bill's wife isn't going to fall until her crimes get full public attention. That's that's right. That's true. Let's finish this video. They break the law accountable. Again, the breaking news we're getting just a few moments ago, Michael Sussman, uh, the jury finding him not Sussman or suspect. The FBI, despite a lot of evidence to the contrary. But as you indicated, Congresswoman, we'll see what comes next. I, I know this is a key focus, too, for Republican members of the House Oversight Committee. Uh, should you win reelection and Republicans take back control? What, what does Congress do from here as it relates to this? Well, the Oversight Committee, we have subpoena power, and I hope like hell, if you don't show up and we do subpoena you, that we're going to hold you in contempt. There is a lot to be investigated from the Biden administration. He has literally been on the wrong side of every single issue. There are a number of, uh, whether it's immigration or Afghanistan, uh, you know, there's- Whoa, Jack coming in extra spicy, man. Sometimes, 
sometimes I wonder if Jack's on our side, you know? Sometimes I wonder if he's a fed or he's a real true conspiracy guy. But then he says something like this. She deserves a new seat. What is powered by electricity? All right, bro. I guess you're on our side for a second. You're not a fed anymore. Yeah, sus man. <laughs> All right. Jack's, Jack's glow is a little bit uh, lackluster tonight. To investigate. We had one hearing on oversight last year on the border. And guess which border it was about? It was about the northern border where there are less than 10,000 apprehensions a year. Not the southern border where every day thousands of illegal immigrants are coming across mm-hmm. with drugs and sex trafficking and human trafficking, you name it. We, we see the cartels coming across the border. Meanwhile, we hear from Joe Biden and others. Uh, they want to, you know, g- legal gun owners to unilaterally disarm here. Uh, we had 30 people shot in Chicago, five killed over the weekend, 40 shot. <laughs> that gives a corpse. There. And Look at this. Are not really different from Look at weekends where we see spikes of violence in these cities. Oh, my God. We got to go back. We got to go back. Look at this guy. Oh. From other weekends where we see spikes of violence. Hold on. These- Another freeze frame. You guys did really good at the freeze frames Chicago, yesterday. Five killed over the weekend. 40 shot in Philadelphia. About a dozen killed there. <laughs> Look at that face. Oh, my God. <laughs> and those numbers it's a are face only an undertaker could love. Only a mortician. To make that beautiful. Only a funeral groundskeeper can return this from whence it came. From other weekends where we see spikes of violence in these cities, how come Congress seems to only talk about gun control after these mass <laughs> school shootings? It seems like if representatives were serious about this, they would be more persistent and push for this stuff every single weekend like after kana says don't believe it unhinged jack is glowing bright like when he called for protesters to storm the capitol (laughs) Uh, that's funny saw this last weekend let no crisis go to waste i think is the motto and you saw beto o'rourke disgustingly use a tragedy in uvalde for his political advantage and his political gain. And as you rightly pointed out in Chicago, where they have gun control, where you are not allowed to bring in more than a nine millimeter a pistol into the city. They had 30 shootings last week and the weekend before that, 27 people were shot. And so it does not work. And rather. Than OK, they're already they're they're changing the fucking story. Even Newsmax is changing the story. You see how the news works, right? Basically, what they're telling you by conflating those two stories is forget about Hillary, forget about Sussman, forget about Trump-Russia collusion. We're never going to get that. We're never going to get the satisfaction from that. We're never going to get any closure. It's fucking crazy. It's fucking bizarre. But from some other federal suspect shit to another, we got to go ahead and cover this Joe Biden story. He has one of the craziest quotes we've seen from the last few weeks of this Uvalde massacre. Joe Biden suggests raising Texas school where mass shooting occurred. And that's raising like R-A-Z, not R-A-I-S-I-N-G, like raising Arizona. This is raising Texas like a motherfucking Waco. President Biden plans to order the raising of the Texas school where 19 fourth graders and two teachers were killed last week, according to a local lawmaker. Texas State Senator Roland Gutierrez said the president told him Sunday that 
quote, we're going to raise that school and build a new one, unquote. Gutierrez said Biden also told him during a visit to the heartbroken city of Uvalde, I'm not going away, KSATTV reported. I'm going to bring you resources, Gutierrez said, the president told him. I'm going to get real money for health care. A crazed local teen launched a bloody rampage in Robb Elementary School in Uvalde on Tuesday, killing its 21 victims before authorities finally stormed the building. Raising the school under such circumstances is not unprecedented. Other sites of mass shootings have been torn down and replaced in the past. Sandy Hook Elementary School, where 26 children educators were fatally gunned down in Connecticut in 2012, was raised and replaced with a $50 million school on the same property. Last year, the congregation at First Baptist Church of Sutherland Springs, Texas, voted to tear down the building where 26 people were shot and killed in 2017. 26 people, by the way, shot and killed in 2017 at a predominantly white church. And we hear nothing about it. Let's go ahead and check out the comments. Since then, Satellite Jack says, Brandon is a bundle of sticks. How about real money for real cops? Shake my head. Kata Stinga says, oh, great. Now the glow is calling for a witch burning. or press Brandon. But what do you think about this right here, how every time there's um, people of the right wing getting killed en masse, they just turn a blind eye. Nobody called for gun control after First Baptist Church. Actually, shortly after somebody defended themselves, you know, in another church in Texas. Sandy Hook, I'm not going to touch that. I'm not going to touch that topic. I will not talk about that here on YouTube. Um in terms of Oklahoma City and 9-11, that is what I know. And that is, I, I know they demolished the rest of the Oklahoma City Murrah building. They didn't rebuild that. World Trade Center, we all have our opinions on that. Whether you think there's, there were controlled demolitions, whether you think it was real, whether you think it was all controlled, whether you think some of it, it was like a hybrid type of event. We all know there's something weird happening here. In terms of Vivaldi, this is fucking shocking that the uh, the police department have decided not to answer to the Texas Department of Safety. I did not bring this article, but I'm going to go ahead and search for it really quick on Twitter. Go ahead and throw in a few more comments as I pull this up. There's a reason why this is all trending. All this, it's all hitting the fucking service at the same time. It's so crazy. You guys might hear some crazy pressure washing going on upstairs or something. I don't know what the fuck is happening. My landlord's a maniac from Taiwan. What am I supposed to do about it? She's just always working. She just never lets anything alone. I don't understand it. Man, I can't find what I was trying to find. So like I said, it infuriates me that the media is all interviewing the one kid and making him relive the trauma again and again. Yeah, I'm trying not to watch those. I'm definitely not trying to watch that at all. So I found the video from Good Morning America today. I don't know if they're going to mention this, um, this exact point. I'm going to go ahead and bring up the video. We'll watch it. If they don't bring up the point I'm trying to address, 
I will find the article right afterwards. I gotta go refill my coffee. I'm gonna hit pause. Give me that like, comment, that share, subscribe. Go ahead and um, let me know what you think in the chats. I have a very big idea for a podcast to think about doing in the next week or two. I think I'm going to try to trace the whole American history of mass shootings. I'm going to call it American Shooter X, a brief history of American school shootings. And we're going to trace it back to the 1800s. It's going to be kind of casual. I'll be open to correction as I am on most of my deep dives. I'm going to try to piece this together, talk about the development of SSRIs, and see if we can see any difference in the types of shootings that happened prior um, to 1980. I don't know. So if you guys think that'd be a great episode to listen to as an audio-only podcast. But yeah, that's the that's the podcast I want to do. I'm trying to get John Ziegler on. If you guys know who John Ziegler is, he's a Michael Jackson truther. I want to get him on this month because this is pretty much Michael Jackson truth month, if you guys don't know. I think he died on my birthday. I was born on June 24th. I think he died June 25th. And yeah. Let's go ahead and check out this Good Morning America video and if they address the point that I want to talk about. See if the mainstream media is any good. On the Texas school massacre, two of the young victims, Amari Joe Garza and Maite Rodriguez, are being laid to rest today. And this morning, new video is raising even more questions about that delayed police response. Marcus Moore joins us now live from Uvalde. Good morning, Marcus. Cecilia, good morning. Today marks one week since the awful attack here at Robb Elementary School. And this small town was thrust into chaos and sadness in an instant. And this morning, new video is revealing some of the desperation and the confusion of that day. This morning, new video obtained by ABC News raising questions about law enforcement's response to the deadly shooting at Robb Elementary School. Guy with a rifle police seen rescuing children after breaking a window, then pulling them out. Somebody jumped out of the window. Oh, the kids. They're getting the kids out. The footage showing part of what took place outside the building. During those 77 minutes, the gunman went on a rampage inside. It also captures what appears to be dispatch audio, telling officers a student is calling from the classroom that the gunman had entered. Did you have a child on the road 12? Are we able to... An ABC News analysis of the video shows that was at approximately 1213. Again at 1216, she's called back and said there was eight to nine students alive. But 19 students and two teachers lost their lives. Texas authorities say the school district police chief wrongly believed the situation was no longer an active shooter and had ordered tactical teams not to enter the classroom while the children desperately called 911 for help. It was a wrong decision, period. There's no no excuse for that. The rampage finally stopping when sources say federal agents decided to go in and fatally shoot the gunman. 
Now the Justice Department is reviewing law enforcement's response. Just two months ago, Uvalde School District hosted an active shooter training for their six-member police force. The course stating officers' first priority is to move in and confront the attacker, making it explicitly clear first responder unwilling to place their lives of the innocent above their own safety should consider another career field. Now as the town of... This is an important point by Kane and Zegas. When did the Clinton trial start? All the distractions going back to the live stream of the Depp Heard case, maybe? Have we been distracted by the important court case? Yes. Yes, we've been distracted by the important court case, bro. Of course we have. This Johnny Depp thing was just compelling enough to hit the Me Too Hollywood angles to distract us from all of it. I've been keeping this in my back pocket. I knew this was happening. It, it's absurd. It, it happened almost exactly the right time. Then we have all these school shootings and everything, all these other um, gun control issues in the news. Roe versus Wade even started happening at the rumblings of this case. They're trying to distract from the and shit. Don't let them fool you guys. Please don't let them fool you guys. If Uvalde prepared was, their Jack. first victim's Very arrest, boring. heartbreaking stories from their families. The Rubios lost their 10-year-old daughter, Lexi, recalling that moment when he sat down with our Maria Elena Salinas. I left my baby at that school. They killed my baby! I'm her mom. She can't make good decisions. Who else is there to blame? Nine-year-old survivor Daniel Garza, who lost his cousin in the shooting, telling us what it was like as students waited to be rescued. His teacher, Elsa Avila, was shot two times but survived locking the door before the gunman could get in. She ran to the door quickly. She got her key. She broke the key in. And then she was running because she got shot. And then she just, like, dropped on the floor. And then she was, like, playing dead. Following his visit with the families, President Biden calling for Congress to act, saying he's hopeful, rational... Oh, that's the kid they interviewed, Jack? ...is palpable. And I think a lot of it's unnecessary. So... I'm going to continue to push. I'm ready to see how this works. A bipartisan group of lawmakers is going to meet again today to continue negotiations on a legislative response to uh, the massacre that happened at this school. Among the ideas being discussed, expanded background checks. George. Okay, Marcus, thanks. Yeah, right. Hey there, GMA fans. There ain't going to be no expanded background checks. There ain't going to be no gun confiscation. I know Canada is already jumping on board with uh, trying to ban handguns. I'm very curious how that's going to turn out. That's going to be a fucking nightmare. But this is the article I wanted to show you right here. Let's get to it. Report Uvalde Police School District officers have stopped cooperating with Texas DPS investigation into Rob Elementary shooting. The pivot by law enforcement occurred shortly after a Friday press conference in which a state official questioned tactical decisions made by officers on the ground. A new report from ABC News alleges that local law enforcement departments in Uvalde, Texas, are no longer working with state investigators who are looking into the response to last week's mass shooting. Multiple law enforcement sources stated that the Uvalde Police Department and the Uvalde Consolidated Independent School District Police Force are, quote, no longer cooperating with the Texas Department of Public Safety's probe into the official timeline of events and decision-making of officers on the ground at the school. According to ABC's Josh Margolin and Aaron Katersky. 
The pivot by local law enforcement to noncompliance occurred shortly after a Friday press conference led by Texas DPS Regional Director Steve McCraw, who called officers' choice to wait more than an hour for tactical backup before engaging the suspect the, quote, wrong decision. Governor Greg Abbott, likewise on Friday, said he was livid regarding the inaccurate early reports from officers which stated the gunman was immediately engaged by first responders upon arriving at the school's campus. Texas DPS officials declined to comment when contacted by ABC. The call made to the department's media and communications department Tuesday afternoon was met with an automated message stating that the office was closed until Monday. Another call to the department's after-hours line went unanswered. The community of Uvalde has been left devastated by last week's senseless act of violence at Robb Elementary School and should not have been to encounter or should not have to encounter any difficulty receiving the support needed to heal, Abbott said in a statement. This disaster declaration frees up the many resources available to the state of Texas and local jurisdictions to continue providing much needed support to all who are impacted and working community unencumbered by regulations unnecessary to respond to this tragedy. All Texas stands with Uvalde, and we are prepared to provide support through all available means. Anyway, is any of this sounding fishy yet to you? I don't know. I'm quite alarmed. It gets worse by the day. I don't know what they did in Texas, but you've seen shit happen in Waco. You've seen things happen in Oklahoma City. They like to fuck with the Deep South. I don't know what's going to mean going forward. I hope we don't see any more of these types of events. I'm not calling it a false banner event quite yet. Obviously, people die at these things, right? Whether it's Sandy Hook or this. This is where Alex Jones went a little bit wrong. But um, we have a cocaine of Stingus. He says, look at how they frame this. It's every conspiracy theorist away from the killer cult, 100%. So it's such a distraction. Oh, let's see. We got a couple more things tonight. Um, let's go ahead and take a quick break from news that I had scheduled. Um, Project Veritas dropped another video tonight of this company called Salesforce that is based out of Canada, I believe. I don't know much about this company, but oh, is it Canada or San Francisco? No, San Francisco. Canada, San Francisco, whatever. They're the largest employer in San Francisco, apparently, but it's an online company called Salesforce. And um, there's an insider email being leaked. If I could negate this video player. It's just being a little bit slow tonight. Project Veritas has obtained an internal Salesforce email sent by Senior Director Ray Shipley appealing to company management to cancel their relationship with the National Rifle Association. Ray's email states, quote, What can we do to stop this cycle of unimaginable violence? For me, that is having Salesforce end our customer relationship with the National Rifle Association, an organization that uses our products to fundraise in the wake of these tragedies. Shipley's um, email included a link to a petition from... Just a fact check really quick. I don't believe a member of the NRA has ever committed a mass shooting. 
millions of members over decades. I don't believe there's ever been a mass shooting by the NRA, if you guys can correct me on that. I know it's a popular talking point, but uh, Amsa Weed called Runaway Bride OG hybrid. I don't know, some shit. Let's see if you can get a good picture. Kind of good picture. Oh, there you go. It's like 29% THC or something. It's pretty ridiculous. That dispensary weed getting strong out here, man. It's like better than the drug dealers already. It's like insane. I wish I wasn't in favor of legal weed, but I'm like, man, this shit is this fire. I don't know. Anyway, sorry. Pothead. I'm a pothead. Employees to sign, which would then be delivered to the company's top executives. Salesforce has a history of boasting about its corporate <laughs> activism and canceling partnerships with organizations Corden. they politically disagree with. In 2021, Project Veritas was no longer permitted to Corgan's use the platform despite the news organization's nonpartisan reporting. The cancellation of Project Veritas came in the wake of a senior level company Zoom call regarding Salesforce's response to the events that took place on January 6th. Um, since the events of the 6th, uh, I think it, one of the things that really impacts Salesforce is the national conversation and about the role of technology in inciting that bomb, in disseminating misinformation, in fomenting extremism. What is the ethical responsibility of technology platforms when they're directly or indirectly used to incite violence? That was Brett Taylor, co-CEO of Salesforce, who also happens to be the chairman I of the Twitter board of directors. Last point. Yeah, I'm a journalist with Canis. Project Veritas. Why did Salesforce... 100% agree with that. I can't wait to show you MK Ultra Kanye t-shirt. I ordered one. I'm going to show you guys on the stream what it looks like. You guys should buy more of my shirts. CosmicBazaar.threadless.com Bazaar, B-A-Z-A-A-R, like a market. Salesforce banned Project Veritas. The public deserves to know why did you ban Project Veritas from Salesforce? Leave my home now. Did Jack Dorsey ask you to ban Project Veritas because you're bored of Twitter? We reached out to Ray Shipley regarding his petition. He declined to comment and referred us to Salesforce Public Relations. Hello? Hi, I was looking to speak with Ray Shipley from Salesforce. Hi. Yeah, this is you. I'm a journalist calling you with the, uh, on the record here really quickly. We uh, recently obtained some emails here from you at Salesforce. If you have any comment on the email for the uh, letter that you want people to co-sign, the reasons you want the NRA contract to be canceled. What uh, what publication did you say that you were with? I'm with Project Veritas. Ah, um, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not familiar with it. Uh, you better get I, familiar. I, I would direct you to Salesforce PR on this question. Okay, so you, so you uh, don't have any personal comment on the email you wrote uh, for the NRA? No. Really? No, I don't. Uh, anything? Uh, no, I don't. Thank you. Okay, thank you, Ray. I appreciate it. If you work at a publicly traded company and witness this type of politicizing of... Anyway, that's a fun little thing. I don't know. Nothing too great here, but we have the most... What I think... Is the most bizarre story of the night. We're not even to our last story, but I do think this is the most bizarre story. I don't know if you guys have been following 
this case of this former Virginia football player, Virginia Tech football player with the last name of Etute, E-T-U-T-E. But the gate panic defense, he just got off. He just was ruled not guilty by a jury of his peers by using a version of the gate panic defense by lawyer Jimmy Turk. It's fucking incredible. It's bizarre. It's a little bit weird, but I don't think many of y'all will agree with the verdict once we listen to the details of the case. Let's go ahead and check out the video first, and then we'll read the article. That's right. That's right. Cadis. Cadis knows about it. Of course, Cadis would know about it. Isam Memon Atoots. That's the name. To Christiansburg, where if you're just joining us, former Virginia Tech football player E.C. Memon Atute has been found not guilty on all charges. WFXR's Kelsey Jean-Baptiste has been following this trial from day one. She walks us through the feel of that courtroom as the verdict came down. an uproar in the courtroom from Issa Memon Atute's family, friends, and attorneys when the not guilty verdict was read aloud. Atute himself started screaming and crying for joy. The jury took three and a half hours to come back with their not guilty verdict, allowing Atute to be a So the basic premise behind this case is that he was catfished on Tinder by the 41 by a 41 year old white man Pretending to be a 21-year-old ER doctor. Yes, you heard that correctly. He was a 41-year-old white man pretending to be a 21-year-old girl (laughs) and an ER doctor. And uh, once you read the details of the case, like, he forced the situation to be like they hooked up and he, the, the white guy or the girl, the person blew him under the cover of darkness. And then he went back there with some friends. It's it's a crazy, crazy story. To the verdict, the defense called their final witness Friday. Called to a trap God. <laughs> Following their testimony, the defense rested Cadiz. and both sides began closing arguments. The prosecution telling jurors that Atute should be convicted of second-degree murder oh because he God. acted with, quote, malice in the killing of Jerry Paul Smith. Going on to say that if the jury feels that Atute acted in a heat of passion, then they should find him guilty of voluntary manslaughter. The defense arguing Atute acted in self-defense because he feared for his life, saying that Smith used Atute for his own sexual gratification. This is one of, uh, of, of the proudest moments I've ever had as a lawyer, being allowed to represent somebody like E.C. Atute. He is... When I said in my closing statement that he is, I do not, I have three girls. I do not have a son, but if I had a son, I would want someone like him. Ultimately, the defense would find Atute not guilty of all charges. His attorney, Jimmy Turk, saying winning this case means everything to him. Jerry Smith, um, as I've argued, uh, victimized Isiatute and at least uh, two other young men. 
Now, I did try to speak with prosecutors following the verdict, but they declined for comment. During the interview with Jimmy Turk, Atute and his family left through the back of the courthouse. I asked Turk if Atute's family will be sending out a statement. Turk says the family wants to celebrate for right now and speak. At his family like, he gay as fuck. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. That's not what they said. That's not what they said. Oh my god. That's so funny. I mean, it's not funny. It's a crazy story. Like, the news cannot get any weirder. Oh my god. I sound horrible right now. Anyway, it is what it is. We go live on America Unhinged. I'm unhinged too, okay? It's not just America. Let's wait for this article by the Roanoke Times to load. Former Virginia Tech football player Issa Memon Etute seeks to resume pursuit of degree in football. Etute is acquitted Friday in a second-degree murder of the killing of Jerry Paul Smith, 40, a Blacksburg restaurant worker. The Etute family left the Montgomery County Courthouse to a back exit without speaking to reporters. The then 18-year-old was accused of fatally beating Smith, an openly gay man who had posed as a woman on the dating app Tinder to initiate a sexual encounter. The Tuesday's attorneys argued the beating was self-defense during a confrontation last year in which the man's true identity was revealed and a Tuesday perceived that Smith was reaching for a weapon. The Virginia Beach native who was out on bond while awaiting trial was a was facing a second-degree murder charge that carried a prison sentence of from 5 to 40 years upon conviction. We are relieved and thankful that God has helped guide us through this extremely hard and punishing journey, the family said. It will take time to decompress and feel relief from this gut-wrenching, frightening experience in life. It has made us stronger and strengthened our faith. We will continue to include the Smith family in our prayers. EC is extremely grateful for the jury's hard work, deliberation, and verdict. EC is now focused on picking up where he left off in his pursuit of a college degree and love for the game of football. EC says this process gives him trust and faith again in life. He further says it has only helped him become much smarter, wiser, and stronger with a new outlook on life in this journey moving forward. The Smith family quickly left the courthouse on Friday, and Montgomery County Chief Deputy Commonwealth's attorney Patrick Jensen declined comment, referred questions to his boss, Commonwealth's attorney Mary Pettit. Ivermectin is in the chat and he says, Who wouldn't make an exception for Blair White? <laughs> you animal. The Roanoke Times have made multiple tips to contact both parties. Tute and his parents headed home for Virginia Beach on Saturday morning to, quote, take a deep breath, unquote. And the next steps they mentioned will be figuring out the best avenue for him to pursue a collegiate degree and resume his football career. Matute was suspended indefinitely for Virginia Tech when he was charged last year as no longer enrolled at the school. Turk was asked after the verdict came down if Matute should be allowed back at the university. Do I? Yes, he's been acquitted of a crime, Turk said. That means he's been found not guilty. While that scenario might prove unlikely, Turk is hopeful there are colleges out there that will give Atute a chance. Turk frequently teared up during his 45-minute closing statement and when talking to reporters about Atute's high character. 
I hope there will be another university that will see exactly what I've seen in that young man, which is a young man who is now much smarter than he was before, Turk said, that is willing to work a lot harder than he did before, and hopefully he'll have the opportunity to get back what his dream has always been. I'm trying to figure out they actually they do maybe describe the crime here. Try to get down to it. Circuit Judge Mike Flino didn't preclude the, quote, gay panic defense that was the subject of a law passed by the General Assembly last year on a procedural basis. Gay panic refers to claiming in court that the reaction to finding out someone else's sexual orientation or gender identity justifies violent acts. The law states that juries could not consider such reactions as legitimate justification. The argument wasn't made by the attorneys on either side. The gay panic defense came into effect July 1st, and quite frankly, I don't believe that it would have been applicable to the facts of this case anyway, because that's not what led to the death, Turk said. We ended up presenting a defense which included, to a great extent, completely self-defense. That clearly had to play the decision of the jury. It had to. I can't believe they didn't describe the crime. Let's see if they did. I'm going to scroll back through here. It's really not. It's not describing the crime. So what happened was this dude went to that person's house, got a BJ from this person in the dark, right? You just don't question that, I guess, when it's tender. And then he was like, wait, I think that was a dude. And then he got his friends together. They go back like a few weeks later. He goes in there. He confronts him. He says that Jerry Smith or whatever his name was, he thought he was reaching for a gun between the bed spring and the mattress. But there was a knife there. They verified, the police verified there was like an open blade underneath the mattress. And um, he proceeded to break every bone in that person's face and uh, put him in severe trauma to where they were frothing blood out the mouth. Every bone in their face was broken. So I don't think that this was, <laughs> this is not gay panic. This is like something else. I think. Um, I don't think we need to speculate on what happened here. Maybe somebody likes something a little bit too much. <laughs> oh, God. Fast Joe says, he looks like a woman, but he ain't no woman. <laughs> Iris says, corporate mandate of Pride Month starts at three hours. I expect to lose 50 subscribers. Dude, I've been dropping subscribers, too, the last couple days, randomly. It's weird. Satellite Jack says, Blair White is hot. Uh, help her have a good Pride Month. Fast Joe says, apparently Jack eats too many vegetables. And Jack also says, I've just tried to dip my celery in a blue cheese. That's all I'm saying. And denials of the chat saying, butt pirates. That's fucking funny. Oh, we've got a couple more things happening here tonight. Mainly reading things because I cannot find videos of these, but... Um, let's see. I will check those later, Canis. Thanks. So I mentioned a little bit earlier about the Supreme Court law 
or the Supreme Court blocking the Texas law on social media. And we just want to read about this really quick on abcnews.go.com. Texas tried to pass a law that would prevent censorship, I think, on a certain side. They're trying to, like, basically just outlaw censorship in the state of Texas and use this strong arm, these, uh, these companies. And you'd be surprised to learn that Elena Kagan joined three other conservative justices, distinct from this opinion. Man, I can't believe my internet's being this slow. It's fucking absurd right now. Sorry, guys. I'm supposed to have the best internet. Supreme Court blocks Texas law banning social media companies from censoring users. Supreme Court on Thursday, I guess this was last week? No, this was supposed to be Tuesday. God, check it for typos, ABC News. You idiots. Supreme Court on Tuesday blocked a Texas law that banned social media companies from removing users of the content they post because of a particular viewpoint expressed. The court did not elaborate on a decision which is temporary while legal challenges proceed through the courts. So yeah, this this isn't the big deal that the left is going to try to make this. A lot of uh, folks are going to try to say that like, oh, you see, like certain extremism should be banned, right? But um. Basically, this just kicks it back down to the appeals court process. They're probably going to let some lower courts um, ruling stand. It allows both sides to appeal after a certain point. Let's go ahead and finish the article. We are relieved that the First Amendment, open internet, and the users who rely on it remain protected from Texas' unconstitutional overreach, said Chris Marchese, an attorney for NetChoice, the industry trade group, representing Meta, TikTok, YouTube, and others in a statement. Yes, hear that right. Meta, TikTok, YouTube, and others. NetChoice says the law, which took effect earlier this month, would effectively force social media platforms to disseminate dangerous content, including propaganda, hate speech, and threats of violence in violation of the First Amendment rights. Republican sponsors of the law, the first of its kind in the country, say the measure is meant to end alleged censorship of conservative users on social networks, which they argue are modern-day public squares. Four justices, Lena Kagan, Samuel Alito, Clarence Thomas, and Neil Gorsuch, indicated they would have let the Texas law remain in force while the legal battle plays out. Justice Alito, in a dissent joined by Thomas and Gorsuch, explained that he would not have interfered with the lower court decision to let the law take effect, suggesting that the justices would likely hear a dispute on appeal in due time. Quote, the law before us is novel, as are applicants' business models, wrote Alito. It is not at all obvious how our existing precedents, which predate the age of the internet, should apply to large social media companies. The heart of the dispute is the First Amendment's protection of freedom of speech and thorny questions around private companies' censorship across networks of more than 50 million users. Texas Republicans enacted the law in response to long-standing frustration from conservatives who feel silenced or sidelined by the media company's moderation policies. Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton, who is leading defense of the law, 
has argued the company's size rivals public utilities and influence and importance to Americans' daily lives and therefore should be regulated accordingly. The platforms of the 21st century descendants of telegraph and telephone companies, that is, traditional common carriers, he wrote. The government can require common carriers to generally accept all users. The NAACP and Anti-Defamation League are studying with the companies, warning of enhanced risk to public safety of the laws allowed to stand and more like it take hold across the country. They say the private companies have a right and obligation to police content on their sites to ensure the welfare of members. Keyword welfare. Florida's GOP-controlled state legislature enacted a similar law this spring, but it was temporarily blocked by a federal appeals court last week. Social media platforms exercise editorial judgment that is inherently expressive, wrote Judge Kevin Newsom in the panel's decision. When platforms choose to remove users or posts, deprioritize content in viewers' feeds or search results, or sanction breaches of their community standards, they engage in First Amendment-protected activity. If and when the Supreme Court takes up the Florida or Texas law and the merits, the decision could have sweet impact on the future of speech on the internet and private companies' ability to moderate content on their sites, online legal experts say. Let's go ahead and see these uh, chats. Candace Dingus says, also, Jack's trying to hit that blue waffle reference to earlier. Goofy. Late to the show, like the new hat. Thanks. I have this one for a few weeks, but, you know, I only wear it once in a while. It's kind of white, so it gets dirty. Let go of my ego, Jack says. Can't just talk it back to him. Satellite Jack says Texas should secede. Idiots in my Napoleon voice, referencing the uh, typos. And Jack asked, whose double chins were we looking at now? Let me see. Oh, Kagan? That is pretty gnarly. That's like some job of the hut shit. That's a man, baby. Anyway. We got one more article tonight. We have Dominion Software being finally called out as suspect all these uh, years later. This is from AP News. I'm going to go ahead and exit this bar. AP News. Kate Brumbach. Cyber Agency. That's the CISA. Voting software vulnerable in some states. Electronic voting machines from a leading vendor used in at least 16 states have software vulnerabilities that leave them susceptible to hacking if unaddressed, the nation's leading cybersecurity agency says in an advisory sent to state election officials. The U.S. Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Agency, or CISA, said there is no evidence the flaws of the Dominion Voting Systems equipment have been exploited to alter election results. The advisory is based on testing by a prominent computer scientist and expert witness in a long-running lawsuit <clears throat> that is unrelated to false allegations of a stolen election pushed by former President Donald Trump after his 2020 election loss. The advisory obtained by the Associated Press in advance of the expected Friday release details nine vulnerabilities and suggests protective measures to prevent or detect their exploitation. Amid a swirl 
of misinformation and disinformation about elections. CSA, CISA seems to be trying to walk a fine line between not alarming the public and stressing the need for election officials to take action. By the way, these are not the opinions of American Unhinged Radio, Cosmic Radio, or at FreeJerry88 on Twitter. This is a news article I'm reading verbatim from AP News, as Fair Reaction and Education by Kate Brombach from today, May 31st, 2022. And this is on the CISA, a federal government agency. CISA Executive Director Brandon Wells said in a statement that, quote, state standard election security procedures would detect exploitation of these vulnerabilities and in many cases would prevent attempts entirely. Yet the advisory seems to suggest states aren't doing enough. It urges prompt mitigation measures, including both continued and enhanced defensive measures, to reduce the risk of exploitation of these vulnerabilities. Those measures need to be applied ahead of every election, the advisory says, and it's clear that's not happening in all the states that use the machine. University of Michigan computer scientist J. Alex Halderman, who wrote the report on which the advisory is based, has long argued that using digital technology to record votes is dangerous because computers are inherently vulnerable to hacking and thus require multiple safeguards that aren't uniformly followed. No shit, Sherlock. Anybody who works for a corporation with tech fucking knows. It's insane. He and other he and many other election security experts have insisted that using hand-marked paper ballots is the most secure method of voting and the only option that allows for meaningful post-election audits. Quote These vulnerabilities for the most part, this is Halderman, by the way, are not ones that could be easily exploited by someone who walks in off the street. But they are things that we should worry about, worry could be exploited by sophisticated attackers, such as hostile nation states or by election insiders. And they would carry very serious consequences, Halderman told the AP. Concerns about possible meddling by election insiders were recently underscored at the indictment of Mesa County Clerk Tina Peters in Colorado, who's become a hero to election conspiracy theorists and is running to become her state's top election official. Data from the county's voting machines appeared on election conspiracy websites last summer, shortly after Peters appeared, and supposedly about the election organized by my pillow CEO, Mike Lindell. She was also recently barred from overseeing this year's election in her county. All right, I'm going to go ahead and stop talking about it right there. You know? You guys go ahead and keep following me on my channel if you haven't subscribed yet. Go ahead and do that. Give it a like. Do that. Share it on one social media platform. I'm going to download this and try to upload it to my um, podcast. But next month, there will not be as many podcasts. Um, thank you so much. Have a good evening. Um, I'll probably join you guys in the chat tomorrow night on Jack's stream. Yeah, got to stay away from this dicey election shit a little bit. But talk to you later.